Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. Kyle Porter joins me as always. Kyle, it's Texas Tech Week. Um, I will not be going to Lubbock this week, which doesn't quite break my heart, but uh, it's always a an interesting game when they go down to Lubbock. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I want to get into this because Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma State kind of owns Texas Tech, Carson. Like, I feel like we think about oh, they you know, shootouts and like you know they play these great games and not really. Like Oklahoma State owns them and. They haven't won. Texas Tech hasn't beaten Oklahoma State in Lubbock since 2008. They've only beaten them once at all uh, since 2009, and that was last year in Stillwater. And you know, I I uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get into that. We're, we'll get into our mid first five here in a second. But first, let's talk about mid first. Uh, mid first bank sponsoring the Pistols Firing Podcast. We're we're fired up about that. Uh, Carson, you can go to midfirst.com slash pistols firing you can get a uh, a credit card from midfirst with pistol pete on it it's awesome orange black uh you can sign up now and get a 150 dollar bonus uh you can get you can earn points you get there's bursar rewards options uh so pretty cool deal that midfirst is offering through exclusively through the pistols firing podcast midfirst.com slash pistols firing and uh let's talk about the mid first five and let's start with uh first off the top that that texas tech osu record over the last 10 years i know that doesn't none of it applies necessarily to this year but mike gundy teams are just better than texas tech teams over the over the recent history and and i don't i mean do you expect that to change this year um, no, I mean, Oklahoma State's really getting Texas Tech at, a, at an opportune time without Alan Bowman. I mean, Alan Bowman came to Stillwater last year and really just an, annihilated Oklahoma State. Yeah. And King, Kingsbury was about 10 steps ahead of Jim Knowles in that game. And it was just <laughs> it was just an atrocity. Kingsbury and, was already coaching the Cardinals in that game. Well, remember the, that goal? Like, Speaking of OSU's goal line problems, yeah. shouldn't they just queue up the film of that game yeah, where it was sick. Texas Tech literally did like a disappearing ball trick? <laughs> like they, they had scored before OSU knew where the ball was. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so but, good. But I mean, they've owned Tech dating back to like the Les Miles era too. I mean, you go back to some of those wild games when when Les was coaching against Mike Leach. So no, it's last games notwithstanding. This has been the biggest reason of one of the biggest reasons of Oklahoma state's ascension to the second best or the second winningest program in the big 12 is they, they seem to always beat Texas tech who, the, who let's face it. They're very similar in stature of football program. And just over the course of their entire history, uh, they're both kind of remote colleges. Um, but, um, I guess 2008 in Lubbock was the start was the last time Texas tech beat OSU in Lubbock. Yeah, that, they had Des Bryant. And, that was and like a that was a that was a route. It was like fifty six to twenty. But since then, since two thousand nine, there's only been one game 
in which OSU has won. So they've won nine of ten, and only one of those was closer than seven points, Carson. That was it was a forty-five forty-four game in Stillwater. I can't remember what year. Was that fifteen, maybe? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. One one of those years where they won every like OSU won every game by like one, two, or three points. Um so yeah, they've really kind of quietly dominated this series. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. What, what did you think about Texas Tech last week? I know you watched their game against OU. I watched a, a little bit of it. Jet Duffy is just, I, I mean, whatever the question is, I don't know that he's the answer. Um, what, what did you see that they did even remotely well that Oklahoma State would struggle with in this game? Uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was weird, Kyle. They, they started a different quarterback who made Jet Duffy look like Michael Vick. This guy was horrible. He was like one of five to start the game. I think he had a turnover, and they immediately they immediately switched to Jet Duffy. I'm trying to find his name. Uh, Jackson Tyner, who's a senior, started the game. He had never started a game in his career, and for some reason they tried him at for, in the first two series, and that quickly didn't work, and they, they went to Jet Duffy. But it's just weird to me that Cliff Kingsbury recruited a Jet Duffy because Cliff Kingsbury, the one thing he did excellent was recruit quarterbacks and develop quarterbacks. This guy's not a good passer, so I don't know why he, he recruited this guy and why that he's the best option at, at a place like Texas Tech, but that is the case, and it's kind of going to be a similar game plan to a Kansas State in that the quarterback's going to try and run around some, mm-hmm. and they're not going to have a great downfield passing game so I think it's another great opportunity for Oklahoma State's defense because I saw nothing against Oklahoma that should concern them Um, and obviously their defense is still I think their defense is better than it's been they're they're no longer the worst defense in all of power five like remember when like Arizona State had one running back rush for like eight touchdowns against them in a single game it was just absurd I don't think they're that bad anymore but uh, it's certainly a game that, that Oklahoma State deserves to be favored by by 10 or 11. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, if you look at Tech's last two games, they've only scored 30 points combined against Arizona and OU. So it's not necessarily, you know, even, I, you know, in the past when they lost, they'd at least be putting up like, you know, 35, 40 against everybody. And now uh, it's just, it's different. And so I think you're right. I think it's a real opportunity for Oklahoma State to go out for really the third week in a row, the third and a half week in a row, if you want to count Tulsa, the end of the Tulsa game. Uh, and, and win win the game for for uh, for Mike Gundy's team. So you know who knows? Maybe that goes badly. Uh, I, I thought there was a really interesting article. I wish I had it in front of me. Jenny Carlson wrote about this after the Kansas State game, and she was talking about some of the different stuff Jim Knowles was trying out against K State because of the offense that they had. Uh, he was he. I can't remember specifically what it was. I think he brought up another linebacker or something. He was any, anyway. He was trying out some different things, and it seemed. I mean, obviously, it worked. They hold K State to uh, to thirteen points. So we'll see if he does some of that same stuff against uh, Texas Tech. Carson, one of the thing, one of the early season themes that I've been impressed by is uh, just the linebacker play. You know, we haven't talked about it a ton. We've kind of mentioned it here and there, but uh, between Malcolm Rodriguez. Amen, Ogbon Bamiga. There we go. Uh, Devin Harper <laughs> coming back last week. They've just they've been really good in a way that I don't know that we expected them to be, especially without Calvin Bundage. No, I think that's probably been 
you know, other than Chuba turning into Barry Sanders, I think that's the biggest <laughs> surprise or biggest accolade we can give this team so far is that was probably the number one question mark coming into this season. Maybe that or defensive line, but um, they've, they've certainly played well. I think Eamon Ongbong Bamiga has been just sensational. I mean, he just stands out every single game. Uh, Redshirt Jr., he's from Canada too. So, like, I thought Marshall Scott had an unbelievable message in the in the Slack chat. Shouldn't they play, like, O Canada before the games <laughs> for, for Chuba and, and Eamon? I mean, they, they've been awesome. I mean, make, and to your point, too, about – um, Jim Knowles trying some stuff. I noticed against Kansas State, and I love this, and I would like to see it more. Other than, I guess when you play teams that have you know a legit running game, but like the the third the third down defense they were running when it was like an obvious passing situation, they were running the three three five, which is nothing new, but they really spread it out to where when the the quarterback would drop back, you'd look in the on the defensive side of the football and. It didn't look like there was anywhere to go with the with the with the ball. It just looked like every inch of the field was covered because they were so spread out, and uh, it it seemed to work wonders for them on third down because they held K State to to one of thirteen. But I think that's a great option in this style of league with spread offenses instead of just going man to man in a you know a typical dime formation. I'm getting football one on one here, but it just to me it looked it looked really hard to throw against that. And so I think we'll see more of that against Texas Tech. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so since we talked on Monday, uh, there's there's been some uh, there's been some Chuba Heisman buzz. You know, it's not just from us. A little national buzz. He was sixth in ESPN's poll this week. Uh, he was behind, uh, I don't know, four quarterbacks, and then the kid from uh, from Wisconsin. Um, How many yards behind is the Wisconsin kid? Like uh, he's like four hundred, three hundred, or four hundred. Yeah. yeah. Who's making these lists? Well, the, and, and the and the clip on or the uh, blurb on him on ESPN was like he put up one nineteen against Northwestern, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, uh, what am I missing? Oh, <laughs> Andy had a touchdown. No, okay, still, what am I missing? Uh, anyway, so he's sixth on the ESPN Heisman, uh, wh- whatever it is, poll watch. I don't, I don't know what it is. Power ranking. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit said that he has been, um, did he say most exciting, best? What did he say? I think best player in college football. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Most Are impressive. You? Yeah, he said uh, best player in college football so far through week five. Yeah. So, I, you know, again, like, I don't think in, there are any illusions that Chuba is going to win the Heisman, but it is kind of fun to see a, him take on, you know, Joel Clack called him uh, a dude on Sunday or Saturday, whenever the, he was watching some of the, the OSU Kansas state game. Uh, it's fun to see a little bit of the hype train start rolling at least nationally in a way that, uh, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes cause we're pretty close to it. So we're like, is this a real thing? And then it starts getting buzzed nationally. And you're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of a real thing. Yeah. I mean, when, when Kirk Herbstreet's going on ESPN and saying those things that, that really will get the ball rolling for as far as, you know, just the, the national media taking recognition. And I think they have uh, over this week. I mean, when you're rushing for 296, I mean, I think it, it leaves no choice for, for people to, to to notice. My question is, and you and I, when we played in the um, the media golf deal in Stillwater, we've realized they've hired a, a specific person for social media. My question is, will that guy be working full bore on a, on a Chuba Heisman campaign on, on Twitter? Because let's face it, I think social media – 
was the reason that D.D. Westbrook got to New York mm. uh, for the Heisman ceremony with Baker Mayfield uh, two or three years ago. I mean, a receiver never gets there, but they, they had this huge Heisman campaign for both of them, and I think it got both of them in there. So my question is, will Oklahoma State go all out, roll out the orange carpet, so to speak, on a on a Heisman campaign for Chuba, I mean, and, and what's it going to look like? They should. I mean, you could you could – there's so much there. I did a, a a ten best stats of Chuba's season so far, uh, a, a post on the site. There's so much there that you could just pump out. That. I mean, you could you, every stat is is crazier than the last one, right? Like every every stat. I'll I'll pull it up and read a couple of them to you. Every stat that I found is more ludicrous than the one before. And uh, I don't know. I just think I think there's a real opportunity that they have to promote this to get him as far as he's going to get uh in terms of of the heisman race okay i got a couple for you here carson i'll read them to you barry in 1988 1002 yards on 130 carries in his first five games chuba in 2019 938 yards on 128 carries in his first five games <laughs> and that's the greatest season that's ever happened in the history of the sport yes that's what we're comparing him to so put him over jonathan taylor please um Number of 200-yard or more rushing performances in Mike Gundy's first 5,353 days as Oklahoma State coach, seven. Number of 200-plus rushing performances in the last 30 days, three. <laughs> That's a fun Crazy. one. Um, yeah, so there's just, I mean, there's, you know, if you look at the guys over the last, say, like, since 2000, that have had 25 carries in a game and averaged 11 or more yards like Chuba did on Saturday, it, it basically happens once a year. So Bryce Love did it. The last time it happened was 2017. Bryce Love did it. Uh, P. Ryan did it back in 2014 against Kansas. Melvin Gordon in 14. you got to go back to Dexter McCluster in 2009. Maurice Jones-Drew did it in 2004. I mean, this is, this is just heady preposterous stuff that Chuba's doing. And I hope that he, I, I don't know. I hope they put all the resources. I hope they go all in on it, especially if he has another big one against tech on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are endless for like graphics. They could tweet out with all those stats you've listed. And my favorite one, I think was the one you guys tweeted out where it was like rushers with 900 Chuba, 800 Chuba, 700 Chuba, 600 Chuba. Like they had to go down the list to get to even a guy within the same realm of him. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, okay, did you see Mike Gundy talking Donkey Kong uh, on Monday at his press conference? I did. I did. did you, have you ever played Donkey Kong? Well. It was a little before our time. Yeah, I played. Um, you know what I played? I played Donkey Kong Country. Remember that? Oh, yeah, on Nintendo 64. Well, yeah, it was on. Uh, I think it was on Super Nintendo. They probably had it on 64. Uh, that's right. No, you're right. I wasn't allowed to have a, a Super Nintendo or any kind of gaming system in my home, so my grandparents bought one, and uh, so I would play. Uh, me and my brother and sister would play whenever we went over to my grandparents' house. So I loved like Donkey Kong Country, Diddy Kong, like the whole the whole thing. It was awesome. Um, I was stunned at how much about donkey kong mike gundy remembered like he was describing it in details that were <laughs> like he shouldn't have been describing it in like does he still play donkey kong is that the thing here it sure sounded like he has <laughs> nintendo in his office and was like because why else would that have like popped into his brain like i think i think he has one in his office he's just not telling anybody 
it was really funny. And he was talking about Spencer Sanders, like kind of progression as a college quarterback. And, uh, I did not see it coming. It was great. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that just easily goes viral with him, uh, on social. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really funny. It was fantastic. But you know, it's, it's funny. He's right. And it, it takes a guy, you know, a certain amount of reps to, to get to the level that, that we're talking about. Um, it's, it would be just, it would have been nice if the NCAA would have passed a redshirt rule where they, where Spencer could have played for four games to kind of, you know, get his feet wet. But you know, I digress. Yes. Uh, oh wait, every, they did. They did every, do that. Didn't they? Yeah. Every pie. It, it's your streak is like, you're like Cal Ripken. You're like the Cal hey, Ripken I didn't, of mentioning the red shirt rule. I didn't blast Cornball and everybody else for the Texas Tech performance last year. That's when I was like, why, why would you not try someone else here? This game is going nowhere. But the, I didn't go there. The Corn Dog retrospective is just incredible. People talk about him as if he was like Joe Montana. Oh, it was so fun. I'm glad you mentioned this. It was so funny. I was. I was listening to the post-game press conference so, against you're... Kansas State. And this guy, I don't know who it was, uh, apologies. Don't but read it. He mentions to, I believe it was Mike Gundy, great quarterback-receiver duos. And he goes, Whedon Blackman, Cornelius Tywin Wallace. That was the second one he mentioned? I think so. Second or third. I couldn't remember who the second or third one was. Uh, and I was like, I was like, uh, how about, how about Zach to Dez? Um, Rudolph to Washington. Rudolph to Washington. I think, oh, that's, that was, he was Rudolph Washington was second. And then he, third was Cornelius to Tywin Wallace. You could tell it must've been a student who's only been on, in Stillwater for like three or four years because how you can even lump Cornelius <laughs> and Wallace before like, Go even go back to Fields and Rashawn Woods. I mean, give me a break. Did he go? Did he go? Dax, Brandon Shepard, or no? He. I was probably next, but I think he <laughs> stopped. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I mean, whatever. Like people are people are still calling me out for hating Cornelius. Like I watched the K State game last year. Like that. That yep. that was a thing that, that and, happened. And we don't need to go down this road anyway. Uh, Carson, I have some. Uh, I have. I got some quotes here from your cousin Cade. Do you, want, do you want me to give them to you? You want them? Yes. It's number four on our list of the mid-first five. We've got, uh, we've got two basketball notes here that we want to talk about. Your cousin Cade uh, recently uh, on a blog post for USA Today. He, uh, Cade's apparently a writer, which is great. He should, he should blog on PFB. Um, he said, honestly, the visit to Oklahoma State was even better than I thought it would be. I won't say I was surprised, but I was surprised. Woo! <laughs> he didn't say that. That's me saying that. Uh, every, oh my! Everything about the visit was just cool. I liked everyone there, and I really think they have something good going there. Of course, my brother's on staff there, so that was cool having him uh, there for the visit. Before he took the job, he told me he would never recruit me to a place that I wouldn't thrive at. He's my brother first, and so gives me real advice about all the schools. People think that he's just that he just recruits me to Oklahoma State. Well, hopefully he does, uh, and that's it. But he gives me pros and cons of every school, even Oklahoma State. Uh, let's see. So and then he went on to say that he's going to commit, hopefully by November 29th, because there's a tournament in Dallas, and he's from Dallas, and whatever. Uh, 
thoughts on that. He did take a visit to uh, to North Carolina over the weekend, but uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I keep going back to I think he eventually lands in Oklahoma in Stillwater uh, to play for Mike Boynton and uh, mm-hmm. with his brother in, at Oklahoma State. It certainly seems. I mean, who 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 do we think's the biggest challenger for him? I, right I mean, now. I've talked to Kyle Boone about it, and I think he thinks Carolina. I, I think there's a real, like, I think there's a real Cade Cunningham, Bryce Thompson, Carolina thing to where it could go real badly for OSU. And and we'll, we'll just get into this right now. So Devontae Davis, uh, a top 100 guy uh, that Oklahoma State had gotten a commitment from, he's from Arkansas, and uh, he decommitted on Tuesday. So he decommits, and you're like, Okay, well, that seems bad uh, at the outset. Like, you don't want top 100 guys decommitting in October, right? But from talking to Kyle, from talking to some different people, it's like, well, you know, the reason that somebody like that would get away is maybe not what you would think. And the reason is more so that Oklahoma State feels like there are bigger guys that are about to commit in the near future. Right. And so like you can't, that is a logical reason. Yeah. Like, like it, it was, it would be weird for him to decommit for a reason other than that. And this is sort of how it goes when you're recruiting at that level, right? Like if you're Alabama football and you've got like a, a three-star tight end committed, and then all of a sudden late in the process, like you're about to have a five-star tight end committed. Um, <laughs> like that, sorry, bro. Like that, you know, like you're, we're going to go in another direction. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's, you know, I, I think it sounds worse than it actually is. I think this happens a ton, but the other thing is like, it could go the other way, right? Like nobody could commit. And just, and so it's, it's almost, I was telling somebody today, it, it's either like all or nothing at this point. Like that's almost what the Devonte Davis uh, decommitment means is you're like all the way, like you're getting all the guys or you're getting none of them. Uh, which is, I guess, exciting, a little scary, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm re- I'm fascinated by it. Marshall Scott said he's got alerts for like 11 high school basketball players, like their tweet notifications on his phone, Instagram, all the stuff. <laughs> uh, it's it's a uh, it's an exciting, but also a little bit uh, nerve wracking time to to follow Oklahoma State basketball recruiting. And there haven't been any quotes yet, right, from Devonte Davis that I've missed. No, no, not that I, unless he had something on Wednesday morning that I haven't seen. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're turning away a top 100 recruit, four star, um, that would, that would bode well. But I, I guess we'll have to wait and see if that's actually what happened or if, you know, somebody else came along, but, um, it sure seems that way. I mean, they're, they're hot on the trail of Cunningham. I, I do think it's interesting. His timeline that you, that you gave, um, we all kind of thought he'd be an early signee in the early signing period. Yeah, that kind of that's kind of a, a delicate game to play, as you mentioned, like waiting um, for Kate. Obviously, you wait for Kate Cunningham. I'm not saying you don't, but if he signs later and you don't get him, then what? You yeah. just have a roster spot available or a scholarship available. But totally. But one thing I'm not really concerned about right now is, is basketball recruiting. I mean, Mike Boynton seems to, again, you and I when he was hired. 
he's doing exactly what we said he had to do to be successful. He is grinding on the recruiting trail. seems like every single day you see him tweeting photos from the, the private jet with his Jordans on going to recruit somebody. Um, but man, if Kyle, I mean, Kyle, if they get Cade Cunningham and, and, or Bryce, I mean, Bryce Thompson, notwithstanding, let's say they don't get Bryce Thompson, they get Cade Cunningham. Like they're what a preseason top 10 team that next year. <laughs> like, I don't think that's hyperbole. And if they get Bryce Thompson, well then, I mean, look out. <laughs> I mean, buckle up. I love it. The other, the other thing that uh, comment everybody should go read Kyle's piece. I thought it was really nuanced, really good, just about what the Davis decommitment means. And he was talking about how Rondell Walker, who's a kid uh, from Oklahoma, I can't remember what. Do we know what high school he's from? I'll look it up. Uh, he is kind of the third piece of this like dream trio of Bryce, Cade, and and Rondell, and the Davis decommitment might you know, that, that might be a part of it because it, it's a bunch of guards and you, I mean, you don't need like four guards in a class. Right. And so I don't know, there's a lot of different directions this could go And Devon uh, Davis, by the way, when he, when he said he decommitted, he said, life is about making the best decisions for your future. I'm just trying to make sure I'm making the best decision for my future. In other words, Cade's going to get a lot more PT than I am in Stillwater. Uh, so with that, uh, with that said, I've decided to reopen my recruitment. Hmm. Well, that that's interesting. Rondell Walker's from Oklahoma City, by the way. Goes to Putnam City. Putnam City West. Yeah. So he's a uh, Walker's a top. He's a top hundred guy, also, but he's getting recruited by Texas, Arkansas, Kansas State, Virginia Tech. So. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, look, like, I, I don't know. I, the the next few months are going to be fascinating, and there's maybe it all happens within like a three day span. Um, but man, it is it's thrilling, and it and it's a it's kind of a wild ride. You forget about this because football hasn't been like this. But when you're recruiting these top guys, it's such an up and down thing over the course of three, four, five months that you're like, oh, so and so's in at Michigan State this weekend. So and so's, you know, he said this about Kansas, and like every piece of information is. It's just like, you know, you can, you can, um, dissect it endlessly and that's what ends up happening. And, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Uh, but yeah, it could go badly. Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly going in the right direction, in my opinion, basketball and the program. Let's say they don't get Kate Cunningham and Bryce Thompson. I, I still think with the way Mike Boynton's already recruited and the guys he's in on, you know, moving forward, I, I certainly think he's going to get this thing turned around. But, um, but if he gets, if he gets these big fish, well then it, it goes from turning it around to, to again, like we're talking, we're talking final four type teams is yep. what we're talking about. Rondell Walker is the number two player in Oklahoma, by the way, Bryce Thompson's number one. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma consistently produces really good basketball players. Yeah. That's it's different than football. I mean, they've I don't have to go down the list, but there's been a ton of studs, and these guys certainly look like studs. All They're right. both point guards, though. Uh, yeah. Is Bryce Thompson a shooting guard or point guard? I think Bryce Thompson's combo. combo. Yeah. 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 You throw them on the floor together. It'll be fine. <laughs> go figure it out. <laughs> That'd be fine. Just roll the ball out. Uh. Okay. Uh, that's, I could talk about that all day. That's exciting. That's fun stuff. Let's uh, let's get to this week's uniform preview, though, Carson. Brought to you by Chris's Univer- University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, 
I uh, we've had like I think three weeks in a row where somebody has nailed the exact combo, which is uh, maybe unprecedented in us picking uniforms. I think it is. I had it last week. I think you had it the two weeks before that, or two of the three weeks before that. Um, I think you had Tulsa and Texas, right? Uh, yeah. Just different helmet on Texas, but I had it perfectly at Tulsa. I guess I had Texas and uh, Kansas State because I said orange, white, black at Texas. So, anyway, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, uniform prediction. You get to go first this week because I won last week. Yeah, I'm looking at the road games here. They have left trying to map out the best combinations. I kind of think they'll hold... All, all white yeah. for well, they were Iowa at, State. They were at Oregon State, too. That's true. But I'm thinking like all white with the icy white, Pete. So I'm, I'm going to hold that combo. I think they're running out of opportunities to wear black, white, black, which I think is one of their favorite combinations. I'll go with that. Okay. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm going to go with the brand, though. I'm going to go with the the badge with the chrome face mask yep. with black pants. Yep. That's what I'm going to go with. Like they wore that helmet, I believe, last time they went to Lubbock. But this time, I think they wear black pants instead of gray pants. But, I mean, and of course, if Tech wears all black, they will change this combination. But I think that's what they're going to go with as of today. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, they did wear that last time they went to Tech uh, when they won. I think they won that game 41-34. I'm going uh, white, white, gray. So this is kind of a combo of the last two times they've gone to Tech. So 15, they wore all white with the icy Pete. And 17, they went black, white, gray, which is kind of a weird combo. Um, so I'm saying white, Very. I'm saying white, white, gray, a la 2012 at Arizona uh, with the icy, icy Pete as the, as the helmet. Okay. I like it. They seem to like the gray in, in Lubbock, so. Yeah, for sure. I think gray, gray pants is a good look for the road. I don't mind it. Yeah, it is. I prefer orange, but you can't wear the orange pants every game, I guess. <laughs> you could. I mean, you could. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah. We do have homecoming coming up soon, um, which means that we're going to have to – got to do – I think there's some research we could do on that, like some uh, – you know, which throwback helmets have they worn, which are still on the table. I think we could narrow that down. I think that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I mean, of course, they could just rock the 88s every year, but I, I do like the newness of busting out a new helmet every yeah, year. I do too. Okay. Uh, we mentioned MidFirst earlier, Carson. They are offering the ultimate game day experience. Every time you use your debit or credit card, uh, your MidFirst bank debit or credit card, you're automatically entered into uh, the ultimate game day experience. Every swipe is another entry. Uh, there's a lot of stuff at stake. They have a gift basket that they're giving away. They have two VIP tickets to an OSU game in November. Uh, and then they also have $500 cash that they're giving away. So uh, every uh, swipe of your debit or credit card is another chance to win. Uh, you can enter to win from now through October 31st, so through Halloween. Uh, which is a, uh, it's an, it's an exciting thing. Every time you spend money, you're uh, get, giving yourself an opportunity to win more money and to uh, get a couple of tickets to a, a big time OSU game in November. So uh, kudos to mid first for offering that. And uh, you don't really have to do anything to enter to win other than use your mid first debit or credit card. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's Love good it. Stuff. Okay. We've been doing this segment, Carson, over the last few weeks where uh, I dive into the Oklahoma State Media Guide and uh, you try to guess uh, some of the uh, some of the records that uh, former OSU players have set. So 
I want you to, today we, we've talked a lot about Chuba, and so I dove into some numbers uh, in terms of uh, average yards per carry, because that's, that's kind of the, you know, we you could give the guy 600 carries, and of course he's going to get 2,000 yards if he's, you know, still able to walk. But how many times are you rushing uh, per per touch that you get? How, how Like, you know, what, what's that number at? So if you look back, uh, I wanted you to guess how many guys have had over 150 rushes in a season and over six and a half yards a carry. So Chuba's at 7.3 right now, which is just a joke of a number. But how many guys have had 150 plus rushes and – over six and a half yards a carry. Um, um well, Barry one. Um, I think I think Kendall Hunter's freshman year, he definitely did. He was rushing for like ten yards a pop or something stupid. Uh, so I'll go two. Um, can't be much more than that. I mean, because Barry and I mean Thurman. He carried it so many times that he's not going to average over six. So how about I'll say three. I'm forgetting somebody. How about three? Okay, that's a great guess, and uh, you sort of got it right. So Barry rushed for 7.64 yards a carry on 373 carries in 1988. <laughs> so more than like triple Chuba's carries and a higher number per carry. Yikes. Again, she was at 7.3 right now. Barry was almost like an auto first down every time he touched it. 7.64 in 1988. <laughs> the next guy on the yeah, list. Yeah, it's second and short every day, every down. Exactly. The next guy on the list. And, and so I'll, I'll explain to you how you sort of got it right. The next guy on the list is Vernon Morency, his freshman year. Mm, Six, I almost said him. 6.8 a carry, but he only had 135 carries. So he doesn't meet my criteria for 150 or more carries, but he did put up 6.8 a carry on 135 carries. Then you go T- Keith Tostin had 6.7 his junior year, but he only had 102 carries. Dantrell Savage, 6.51 on 126 carries. And then Kendall Hunter, his freshman year, 6.5 on 107 carries. So the only mm. person that met the criteria of 150 plus carries and uh, six and a half a carry was Barry. But there were five guys that have averaged uh, at least six and a half a carry on on more than 100 carries. I I thought of Morency. I obviously thought of Ken. I did not think of Keith Tostin. Mm-hmm. That that surprises me. Yeah, that that's that 2018 uh, in terms of rushing. I mean. Uh, so Kendall had 1,600. Keith Tostin had 700 yards on just 102 carries. And then Zach had like three or 400 yards. I mean, they're, they're, that, that 08 rushing attack was unbelievable. I think it was 08. might have been 07 where they rushed and passed for the exact same total yardage the entire year. It was like the exact dream. same to, to the yard. It yeah. was just the odds of that are just infinite. Yeah, Scundy's dream. He loved that season. Uh, okay, and then my other one is how many guy, how many receivers in OSU history have had ten or more hundred yard receiving games? So ten or more of the course of a career, ten or more hundred yard receiving games. Blackman, Woods, Washington, 
Tylen? Tylen. Mm-hmm. Um, Bowman. So five, that's five. Who am I forgetting? Pettigrew, maybe. And I don't think Pettigrew did. I'll go five. Okay, so it's uh, it's actually six. It's Washington with 21, Rashawn with 20, Blackman with 19, Hartley Dykes with 18. Oh, how could I forget Dykes? That was stupid. And then Tylen and Marcel Aitman both have 10. Ah. So no well, Dez. Aitman, wow. No Dez, no Bowman, no Josh Stewart. Um, but yeah, Tywin tied Marcel Aitman uh, at 10 with his game against Kansas State. Wow, pretty cool. I mean, that's that's an unbelievable list. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. I think How good Hart- was Aitman? Aitman's so underrated. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> Does he play with Washington? <laughs> well, and I, and I think that, like, I mean, Hartley having 1,800-yard games in the 1980s, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Now, he played all four years, but uh, that's really impressive. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that was fun. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. And we'll come back and wrap things up with one interesting thing and a couple of picks for the Texas Tech OSU game. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. What do you got for me? Um, well, it's golf. I, I think yours is golf related. Yes. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but, uh, Tony Romo hit into Christopher Ventura on the green and Ventura like, like stepped in his line and like glared at the ball as he walked off the green. Some people speculated whether he spat at the ball. Did you see all this? You're, I know you're deep in the golf world. I, I didn't get a full story or a full recap as to what happened. I did. Uh, he was, I think he was annoyed. He should have been. You don't hit into uh, an, like other guys on the green. I don't know what I mean. I don't know what Romo's doing. Um, so he basically <laughs> stood. <laughs> the story's kind of weird because he stood basically right in his line. Uh, Ventura had like a I don't know four foot putt, and Romo had like a five foot putt, but it was kind of off to the left. So Ventura's feet are basically in his line. And then when he when he goes to pick his ball out of the cup, he walks away, looks back at Romo's ball, and kind of like moves towards it with his head. And he said on Twitter that he was um, looking to see if he had if he left any spike marks. Which I'm like, you left all of the spike marks. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was the point. Like that was that's all there was there. Uh, but he said he did not spit on the ball and. I've watched I watched the video a few times. It didn't look like like it would have been a really weird motion to spit on the ball. Maybe he did, but uh, he definitely stepped in the line and uh, he said he was just trying to be courteous to uh, to old Romo. But um, yeah, Ventura uh, being on the PGA Tour his his first his rookie year. There's so many OSU guys out there now. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, practically the whole team and Eckroat's on the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, my one interesting thing, this is courtesy of Justin Ray of 15th Club, the best golf statistician there is. He uh, he had a note in 
his weekly column that he said, should Charles Howell earn $1 million or more this season on the PGA Tour, and he's already earned 280000 um, he would join Phil Mickelson as the only players ever to pass $1 million in official earnings for 20 consecutive seasons. <laughs> wow. He's an ATM, isn't he? It's unbelievable. I mean, his career earnings are up near probably, I think they're up near 40 million now and, uh, just no signs of slowing down. He's just, he's just an auto, you know, two mil a year, 1.5 a year. It's pretty cool. And, uh, well, and he's, it feels like he's gotten better in the last, there was kind of a lull over the last five, six years, but the last, you know, year and a half, two years, I mean, I, I don't feel like he was on the leaderboard as little as four or five years ago. I don't know. He wasn't, he wasn't. It looks like every leaderboard he's on it and he, he makes a ton of money and he has the, we've talked about this before, but doesn't he have like the perfect setup where he's made so much money yet he can go grocery shopping and not be hounded by strangers. Like it's like the perfect setup. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And to your point, he's currently 56 in the world, which would be the highest he would finish a year since 2007. And in most of those, he was outside the top hundred. Uh, he has made $39.2 million in his career. Pretty good. Yeah, that's very that good. reminds me of, um, on the same lines, like, you know, the Kings of Leon just played a concert here in Oklahoma City. And one of their, like, the, I think their bass players, like, a, they're all big OU fans. But I ran into, they were at the Rose Bowl. And he yeah. walked right, he was getting on the same elevator as me. And, you know, how, the, the Kings of Leon have had to, had to have made hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Yet, this bass player can just, like, go to go to Walmart and no one will, no one will bug him. Like, that's, like, the perfect the perfect level of fame where you have all the riches yet you, you can live a normal life. So that reminded me of Charles Howell. Yeah. I'd rather be Charles Howell than Tiger Woods. I don't know about that. I would. I mean, people are going to remember Tiger Woods 150 years from now. Sure. That's fine. But like, I, you can't even, you can't go anywhere, dude. Like you can't do yeah. anything. It stinks. It's he, right. and I think like if I had one, I've said this before, but if I had one question and I got a real answer out of Tiger, it would be how many majors would you trade for complete anonymity to be completely anonymous whenever you go anywhere? How many, ma how many majors would you give up? He would say zero and that would be a fake answer and it wouldn't be true. It wouldn't be real. Um, but I think he would give up a lot of them. I mean, Rory has said like, I don't want to be Tiger. Like I don't want to be that famous. And Too late. Uh, well, Rory's not as famous as Tiger. No, but I bet you he gets hounded everywhere he goes. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be that famous either. Okay, uh, picks. Carson, what do you got for OSU Tech this weekend? I am going to go... Can they figure out their red zone issues? That's that's question number one uh, for me. If they can, and I think they will, uh, I'm going to go 48 to 21. That's That's my pick. I think... I think they shut them down, and then they give up, you know, a late touchdown and a field goal to make it twenty-one. But yeah. I think they, for the most part, shut them down pretty well because Jet Duffy's no good. He's not. Uh, but we've seen, we've seen that movie before with Oklahoma State defenses in the past. Uh, I've got thirty-eight twenty Oklahoma State. I think Tech's offense is. I mean, it just it hasn't been very good the last couple of weeks, Carson. And um. You know, again, like they've only scored 30 points against Arizona and te and uh, OU total. So 15 a game over the last two weeks against 
kind of the two real teams that they've played. And Oklahoma State's defense is good until they prove that they're not, I think, especially against an offense that's not super dynamic like Tech right now. So I've got 38-20. Oklahoma State makes it 10 of 11. Uh, We shall see what happens this weekend. You are headed to Lawrence? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm going to Lawrence, Kansas. Go go leave a note on Bill Self's office and say, stop recruiting Bryce. Let him stay in the state. Let him stay in Stillwater. I'm going to put a sign on his door saying, you know, Boynton's here now. Can't come can't come home now. <laughs> okay, Carson, enjoy your weekend and we will talk after the OSU Tech game. Sounds good.